candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. I'm Lena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Hello, everyone. We are back again with our Riverdale recap podcast talking about chapter 68 quiz show by Ariana Jackson directed by Catriona McKenzie yep those are new names I think I don't think we've had either of them before hello people hello and we start this episode with everyone deep in the throes of quiz show mania we learned that winter has come it did and gone just said winter came. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I guess it's past Christmas. We've learned that. I'm glad that uh, uh, Princess Leia's childhood friend and nanny and sometimes body double is having fun. What? Star Wars EU people are loving that one. What? Yeah. I'm so confused. You should be. So, yeah, we've skipped ahead a lot of time. <laughs> Have we? <laughs> It's indeterminate. We've skipped we ahead. We knew that it was a few weeks. Yeah. But it's implied that, like, it really was not winter before, <laughs> and now it is. Mm-hmm. It's very confusing, though it seems like quite a warm winter for them right. in upstate New York. Are you sure? Because in their first winter, we did have Cheryl sunbathing. Just a few short weeks after uh, nearly drowning in a frozen I river. I am so confused <laughs> about, I'm very worried about how global warming is hitting them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also about their geographical understanding of where New York is. But yes, quiz show fever has swept the town as Betty has assembled her team of herself, Veronica, Cheryl, and Tony. It's very strange. Well, there is no one but Betty who is known for being good at school in the entire cast. I still think Kevin Mm -hmm. would have been one to be on it. Yeah. He seems academic. He seems... Not as much as, like, Betty, Mm -hmm. but of all of them, the next most academic. Well, Dilton is dead, after all, so he doesn't count. Kevin's always at school. That's, like, all he's doing. If... Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not true later this and, episode. Unless it is midnight, he is in the woods, and that's because school is closed, he can't be there. <laughs> but the one person immune to quiz fever is Archie Andrews. Of course. Because he seems to, to be allergic to quizzes. If there's anybody who's the opposite of academic, I, it would be Archie. Archie um, doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's feeling less lonely because Frank's around, though his mother is nowhere to be seen in this episode, so maybe, I don't really know if we're, like, feeling less lonely. Maybe that's why he was feeling lonely. His mom disappeared. Maybe. And so Archie has decided, mm-hmm. like a jackass, to make <laughs> Frank the foreman of Archie Construction. Yeah. And we'll find Andrew's out- Construction. Whatever. We'll find out later. He doesn't tell Tom Keller this. Which actually matters because it seems Tom Keller, that's where he's been this whole time? That's where he's been working. He has a job. I guess he's been taking on Andrew's construction so Archie can focus on the community center, Mm -hmm. being a good supportive new papa for him, and Archie's going to be a little dickhead to him. So, so what I imagine happened is that Tom got hired for one of Archie's businesses and just showed up at the other by accident 
And it was like, no, it's fine. I, I stay here now. I don't have to tell anybody. Certainly not the viewer. I like to think that it was more of a, well, someone needs to manage this business because Archie's <laughs> certainly not. And neither is Mary. So so Archie gives Fred, uh, Frank mm-hmm. Fred's tool belt. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole like thing about, oh, I can't, I can't take another man's belt. No, you can. I'm giving it to you. You're, you're not taking it. You're borrowing it. Yeah. Until it's... I guess he saves up for his own, even though I guess he's been working under Tom, maybe. Because so, some of the things in this episode make more sense if this is his first day working with Andrew's construction. But it and was some implied. Things make more sense if he's been just on the line working beneath Tom until today. Well, I don't know which is true. And in the last episode, wasn't it implied that he was going to start working there like immediately? And now it's been an indeterminate amount of time since. Yeah. That, that's one of the things in column B. But yes, there's some things in column A. <gasps> I'm not sure. Uh, it's confusing. So over at Stonewall, mm-hmm. there is a tie on the door. And you know what that means? Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? We could just end the episode right there. I think you just described all of Riverdale. Yes! I have made all the podcasts that need to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we no can, one can top this. We can get to bed early tonight, actually. But yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Brett takes early morning workouts, which gives them a little canoodle time in the morning on a school day. <laughs> Which means Betty is missing school as well. These towns are getting closer together. They're going to crash into each other like Magnolia. Or not Magnolia. Melancholia. There must be a high-speed train now in upstate New York that we don't know about. You know, I'm I'm turning around on uh, on the the governor here. Maybe he's doing all right. (laughs) They they had uh, some fun. Mm -hmm. They kind of do a little catch-up of... Jughead turned in his draft for the Baxter brothers. He also to got the Baxter it. board. And he also got accepted to Yale, which he hadn't told her yet. Yeah, so that, that whole no more secrets thing lasted half an episode. Is it really a secret, though, if you just haven't gotten around to saying it yet? It's been an indeterminate number of weeks. I'm going to say it's like he just got the official letter two days ago. They had a champagne party. They, his dad was there. Okay, yeah, that was weeks ago. Okay, how does Betty not know? Fred totally <laughs> went home to the house that he shares with Betty and Alice and mm-hmm. was beaming about this. Yeah. Betty is just unfucking observant. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, what would have happened is, yes, FP goes home. He's He smiles ear to ear. My boy did. My and and like he he's not gonna say, but like Betty, there's good news. You should talk to Jughead. He's gonna be so excited. And hey, Jellybean, <laughs> who's maybe dead? I oh, don't know. She's working as a foreman at Andrew's Construction. Actually, oh, that's okay, where she's been okay. too. But like, <laughs> she does the night shift. They live together. <laughs> Jughead had to have gone to that house a few times yeah. in the past few weeks. Hmm. They would have had, like, cake. (laughs) There would have been cake. There would have been cake. I don't understand this episode. So, so Betty, there's a little awkward pause about all this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she's all proud of him. 
He's all like, let me show you how much with my vagina. We do not see the vagina (laughs) on screen, but the vagina is implied to be present and involved. Yes. Yes. Uh, So a little while, I guess, in the morning, Mm -hmm. um, Betty is leaving and bumps into Brett, who is excited that they're finally done because he thought he was going to miss his first class. So I don't know. I guess it's like 7.30 in the morning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or something. Uh, And they have a little kerfluffle. (laughs) <laughs> with each other. They don't like each other. No, and uh, Brett rubs it in that he's going to see her in New Haven, but as a visitor. Oh. Because we got it and you didn't. And that's the city where Yale is. Yeah. <laughs> they also make pretty good pizza. Yeah. What? Uh, so over at Riverdale High, Cheryl and Veronica are talking to Dr. Beaker. I hate this. I hate Dr. Beaker. This is flute snoot erasure. Fuck you. (laughs) Four seasons I've been waiting for Professor Flute Snoot to make an appearance. And now we have Dr. Beaker. Who the fuck is that? Get out of here. Get out of my sight. Uh, And he's a science teacher. And they're all like, hey, Dr. Beaker, are you a rum drinker? And And he's like, not during school hours and not with students. But it sounds more like me, 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 me. He does have kind of a high voice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they need someone to test their brew to, to make sure that it is legally distinct so that they, they cannot get a, a C and D to shut down their business. You don't need a high school chemistry teacher. You need a patent lawyer, frankly. Also, I think it is if you're dumping like equal parts maple syrup in it. Yeah, it, it seems like they are fermenting the syrup. And not molasses. Yes. From, from a later line of dialogue. Yes. How could they be this? It, it's the primary ingredient. They're not the same. What I predict. I mean, I, I guess they're getting paperwork to cover their bases. Hold on. I need to write a prediction down. Back at Stonewall, mm-hmm. Jughead bumps into uh, DuPont. Happy sponsor mentor man, Me- mentor mode DuPont. Yeah. So he's like, they, you know, the, the board, the Baxter board has looked over your draft, but they want more, something darker. Mm-hmm. Uh, this boy in a river, it's it's just not dark enough. Maybe some serial killers. You know what the kids these days are into? Serial killers. And I, I mean, wrote that as a joke, but now that I think about it, yes, it is entirely valid. And it continues my my theory that the Baxter Brothers series is a stand-in for Archie Comics. Because now his initial pitch of the season one inspired book isn't cutting it. He has to make a season two inspired book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So Jughead, because he knows absolutely nothing about (laughs) serial killers. (laughs) The the dude who is like uh, checking out in cold blood from the school library constantly. Goes to Charles. Mm Mm-hmm. And needs ideas from him about serial killers. Yes. Charles is like, don't you have experience with that? But it's it wouldn't be right to you to uh, write about the serial killers he knows firsthand because that would mean uh, uh, spreading the the personal life of Betty Cooper and her family to the entire world, and that's rude. That's very bad. I get it, but I'm also like, 
I don't think it's a secret. <laughs> Just there, share the royalties with her. There were all those people on the lawn that one time. Charles is like, okay, I will. I got boxes of serial killers. I'll pick out the 10 most gruesome for you. Mm-hmm. I'll make you a BuzzFeed listicle. Yeah, that's what I do on the side for funsies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So over at Andrew's construction... We see Tom Keller for the first time in a long time. And we find out that uh, he did not know he was getting replaced. <laughs> yeah. And rude. He, he Very rude. Voices concern about Frank because he knows Frank. As sheriff, he busted Frank a lot of times for a lot of petty business. Yes. We're on a sliding scale as far as adults in Riverdale go. Frank never killed anybody that we know of. So he's still in like the top 10%. That we know of. But for now. For now. I mean, he was like in the military. He probably killed someone. Okay, that's true. But not illegally. There's the difference. <laughs> so it is time for a round of Quiz Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, it is is the semi-final round of Riverdale against someone. I someone who I doesn't fucking matter. Uh, and Riverdale wins with a lot of... A lot of questions. It's like, mm-hmm. Betty answers one. Veronica gets one. Tony gets one. Betty cuts off Cheryl to answer another one. And Cheryl is very upset because that question is about Frank Lloyd Wright, who designed Thistle House. Thornhill. Thornhill. Who designed Thornhill. And Cheryl knew that one. Uh, which is a fucking lie, Cheryl. Somebody lied their ass off. That- Thornhill looks nothing like a Frank Lloyd Wright no! house. No! Not in the least. It- he would vomit if he saw Thornhill. It is the farthest thing <laughs> from his aesthetic. Like, <laughs> no. If you told me that gothic gremlins built your house (laughs) i'd be like yes of course they did dracula designed thornhill not a frank lloyd wright no but uh i did have to laugh because uh one of the questions that came up is what is the powerhouse of the cell the the most repeated most meaningless definition in all of cellular biology Mm mm-hmm uh, some somebody's writing jokes just for me. Yeah, I, I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ariana Jackson. Betty, mm-hmm. uh, coming off her win, yes, goes to Charles and is He's... like, Charles, I need you to do FBI stuff for me. I need you to investigate <laughs> Brett because mm-hmm. he is a little shit. Yes, I gotta make him sweat. So find out like what shit he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not asking you to make his body disappear or even arrest him on trumped-up charges. I just need you to do some digging so I can get into his head. And he's like, is this about Yale? It's kind of about Yale. (laughs) And we find out that what's really bugging Betty is that she doesn't know why she didn't get into Yale. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just driving her nuts. Right. Now, realistically... Which is a dangerous term to use when uh, talking about this show. But realistically, mm-hmm. Betty would probably want to go into a journalism program, right? Mm-hmm. That that seems to be where her whole life is pointed. Yeah. Why would she want to go to Yale? There are much better journalism programs out there. Yeah. She would be better off going to Northwestern or UCLA or NYU. Mm-hmm. The, these are top-tier journalism schools. Yes. I don't know why. I guess she really wants some of that pizza. She she really wants to live the Gilmore Girl life. Yeah. Maybe. Were they in Connecticut? 
Yeah, I think, if I remember correctly, it's that either her dream school was, I think her dream school was Harvard and she went to Yale, or her dream school was Yale and she went to Harvard. I don't know, I only watched like half a season of that. That's okay. It wasn't that good. Someone's going to kill me for saying that. (laughs) It has that guy from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in it. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Also the first one, because it's a much larger role in the second. Yes, he does. That's how I knew him, actually. (laughs) Um, After we were done uh, watching... Yes. um, Gilmore Girls. No. (laughs) Riverdale. Uh Nancy Drew came on. Yes. And it did not start off with ghosts or sex for the first time ever. That was strange. One of the people within it was the brother on Jericho, Mm -hmm. which means it was Skeet Altrich's brother... (laughs) Skeet Ulrich's fictional brother uh-huh. in one I was of like, his projects. Hey, it's the d- I don't know his name. I have no idea what his name is, but connections. Well, that connects to another bit of trivia you told me earlier today, mm-hmm. which is the actor that plays Frank Andrews. Yeah. This is apparently the third time he's played the brother of a, a Luke Perry character. Yes. Apparently they were very close. They were very good friends. That's a weird thing to be typecast as Luke Perry's brother. It's a little strange. A little strange. It's a it's a tight niche, but there you go. Yeah, Jughead is uh, in front of the Baxter Brotherhood board. Yes, this faceless council of shadow creatures that, yes. that seem to share a hive mind. At one point, one of them says, "No, we like this," without any conferring. So they are yeah. like communicating psychically through the Ansible network or something. Yeah. Uh, so Jughead is uh. He's pitching. Pitching, yeah, that's the word. He's pitching uh, a novel about uh, a fishmonger killer who, you know, obviously cuts up its victims. And tears their guts out, you know, like fish. And they're like, that's forced. No. <laughs> well, it's not consensual. He's a serial killer. It's not It's not euthanasia. Uh, and so he, he starts in on something else. And DuPont's like, no. A, a, uh, a social media stalker to, oh, yeah. to get uh, information on the victims. That one's overdone, Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> so DuPont's like, no, Jughead's best work is from experience. Mm-hmm. And so then he's like, okay, well, how about an obsessed killer uh, going after people to expose their sins? Uh, the father of Tracy True. Who's dating one of the Baxter brothers. Uh, he's called the Brown Hood. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, the, the Baxter brothers board has never read a newspaper in the last uh, 18 months. Like, original. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Do you think that the Baxter brothers have just been chasing the, the YA zeitgeist where we're... Uh, Mr. Chipping's Baxter Brothers books all about them getting sorted into different post-apocalyptic cadres. I don't know. But you know what I think? Mm-hmm. I think the board of the Baxter Brotherhood mm-hmm. are all like, I don't know, hibernating in Tupperware. Like <laughs> that episode of, Free- of uh, Erie, Indiana. Yeah. And they like, that's why they can't read the newspaper. Mm. Or watch the news is because like they only, they only come, come out, out for these meetings. Yes, it's they're, also why they're like a hive mind. They're kept alive by IVs and ICV two uh, uh, reports. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they're only fre- uh, fed like slices of white bread and tang. <laughs> they they have a main line to uh, the hottest tags on IO three. That that's how they know. Yeah. 
so over at Andrew's construction, Archie comes by. And uh, Uncle Frank ha- has made his own Oxycontin in the basement and is t- pouring it into the, uh, the backhoe's gas tank so it works better. You know, that would actually be better than the fact that Frank called off work early and invited everyone back for beer. Mm-hmm. While Tom is trying to balance the books and figure out how to pay everyone their bonuses that they've missed. Mm-hmm. Apparently the books are kind of a mess and Tom is like, oh, that darn Frank. Like, no, Tom, that's been your job for months. You don't get to pass the buck on this. Frank's been here one day. I don't think it's really that. I think Tom was more upset by the fact that none of them are working, which means we're not finishing work, so we're not getting paid, which means we can't pay them. That is a fair frustration, but the book's problem is on him and Mary and uh, Archie. It is not on Frank. I think it's on Archie, because Archie was supposed to be dealing with this shit. Yeah. Coming and going, doing footballs. Frustration is not a logical thing. It it just is, is always pointed at the most, you know, present target. Yeah. So Archie goes home, and Frank is there with with everyone, telling stories about Fred. Yeah. And makes Archie smile. His wild high school days trying to kidnap the other football team's mascot. You know how it is. Yeah. Over at uh, Hiram's, Mm -hmm. Cheryl and uh, Veronica come in, and they're all like, so here's the deal. We are making this rum, and you can't come after us because it's maple base, which means it's 51% different. (laughs) I'd say it's 100% different. And we have a patent on this. Aside from being rum. (laughs) Is Hiram going to send his lawyers after Bacardi? (laughs) Like, all rum is fucking rum. It's just rum. Uh, And then they storm out. Yes. Yes, they do. (laughs) I, I do love that uh, Cheryl mentions the rum's DNA. Like, mm-hmm. that's a thing? Is that? That's not a thing. Rum DNA. It's all in the maple. Dinosaurs. Dino DNA. There you go. There it is. I know. It doesn't sound as good any other <laughs> way. Uh, so Charles has now supplied Betty with a file on Brett. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I was half expecting to be like empty because he's like, wow, these rich people are really good at cleaning up after it's themselves. It's very thin. It seems to have one sheet of paper inside this file. Uh, which is the information that Brett's father paid someone to take the... Uh, the PSATs, the PSATs. Yeah, to get him in to Stonewall. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, presumed likely that uh, his test scores for Yale are equally fraudulent. So Betty storms to Stonewall, a hop, skip, and a jump away. Mm-hmm. She and, just uh, crosses the street and is at Stonewall. And screams at him. Mm-hmm. And Brett's all like, well, I don't know why I'm the villain. Your boyfriend over here is the one writing about your serial killer father. Mm-hmm. And so Betty storms out again. <laughs> storms in, storms out. Brett is such a perfect asshole. Like, hmm... I don't know why you're worried about that. Here's a much bigger problem. Let me just set off this social grenade and leave. Yep. <laughs> you jerk. I wish I liked looking at your stupid face because this he is a fun move. He has such a stupid face. It's so bad. I hate his face. <laughs> I hope that, that, that this actor is in other things where he has a less stupid face. Yes, I think it's really the hair. Yeah. The hair is what makes yeah. it stupid. Uh, so Veronica and Cheryl are having a little business meeting about how they're going to get the word out to the people. 
mm-hmm. about their rum. And so their idea is since they can't serve <laughs> rum or this like sell, the they can't sell rum can't, at the club. No liquor license. No they liquor license. What they can do is give it away for free. No, you fucking can't. No, no, you can't. Shut the fuck up. No, you can't. For free. They know so many fucking lawyers. Why don't they talk to any of them? They know 100% of the lawyers in town. All one of them. There's two. Name them both. Mary and McCoy. Not in town. Have you seen her? I haven't. I think they have them on speed dial. Thank you. <laughs> also, they got a patent. They had to talk to someone. I get They They uh, sent away for it in the mail. Yeah. They- they don't really own it. <laughs> they put a bottle of their rum in a, a, a certified envelope and sent it to themselves. Oh. And they think that counts as a patent. Oh, we put a stamp on it. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's dated. Postage. Yeah. That's a patent. Uh, so what they're going to do is they're going to turn Le Bonui into a nightclub for dancing. Yes. And they're going to serve mocktails to the sweaty people. To the very thirsty folks. And give out free samples of the rum because that's legal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the coat check girl is going to take orders for the rum that they're illegally selling in a place where they can't serve it. Okay. The, the rum part of the plan, the like... We can give it away because we're not allowed to sell it. Part of the plan is dumb as hell. But, I mean, leave it to the, the uh, to, you know, wealthy heiress characters to think that, oh, our, our most important sales position, let's make that a minimum wage part-time coat check girl. What? Well, fuck you. Who was just hoping to get a 50 cent tip. Pay people for their very important labor. So, uh, Kevin is at Pops waiting for his... His date. His, his date. online... It's not grinder. What do they call it? A I fake grinder. Fake grinder. I don't remember what it is. Grinder? <laughs> He's waiting for the monster Grendel. Uh, and Fangs comes in and... Picking up his takeout. He, uh, tries to apologize and Kevin's like, I get it. I was brainwashed too. It's fine, but we're not dating. And Fangs is like, let's just go on a date. One, one date. Let's see what happens. He's like, no, that's my date. We can both deprogram together. So yes, this this handsome fella walks in and is like, hey, uh, let's go immediately to my room in the five seasons. And Kevin says, okay. What the fuck? That's not a date. <laughs> it's like lunchtime. I don't know. Walk around town for a little while. Something. <laughs> I guess I should appreciate the fact that there was like, I don't know, two seconds dealing with the fact of their past relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's more than I was actually realistically expecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I want more. Yeah, I mean, the, the way this episode goes, it suggests there will be more. Like, we, we are at a square one by the end of this, but that's spoilers. So we'll catch up to that when we get there. Betty and Jughead. Have Big a, fight. Have a real fight. Yes. Their first real fight. The fight they didn't have last week is finally boiling over. Uh, she tears into him for, you know, if he's going to write about her family, he could have had the guts to at least ask her. Mm-hmm. And he's his, like, I wasn't planning to do yeah, that. His story is he was clutching at straws in the meeting. He never planned to actually do it. So he didn't have to ask her to write about it because he wasn't actually going to write about it. And she's like, that's bullshit. You pitched the story. They accepted the story. We know how this goes. You have you asshole. Uh, and then she goes off about 
stone wall. Like he only got accepted to Yale because of this stupid school. Mm-hmm. And, and she means it as like this is a, an institution people. built on networks of privilege and exclusion. But he takes it as, oh, so I'm not good enough. And I don't deserve it. Yeah. 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 And so they storm away from each other. It's a bad time. It's not good. Trouble in paradise. So over at Andrew's construction, uh, mm-hmm. Tom is very excited because he just got off the phone with Mayor Hiram's office. Yes. Uh, and they he got them the contract for a, a drainage system out by the prison. Apparently the prison has just been using outhouses, I guess. I don't. I what don't. are they? Dra- Does it flood at I, the prison? It's right by the river. Okay. Everything's by the river. This river goes in curly cues. I don't know, but Tom's really excited because it means that they, it's a, it's a big contract. It's yes. a lot of money. They can pay the workers, which is important. And Archie's all like, <laughs> yes. no, we can't do it. Hiram's an asshole. And Tom's like, we can't just do business with people we like. Mm-hmm. We have to pay the men. I mean, I totally see Tom Keller's side of this perfectly clearly. But on the other hand, how many times... <laughs> As Hiram Lodge tried to kill Archie Andrews. Like, I get that, but I, it's also, it's, I think the big thing There's here, a real, like, there, neither of them is wrong here, I have but to say. here's the thing. If Archie goes with that mentality, mm-hmm. it means he can never use any city service. Mm-hmm. Ever. Because yeah. it's all Hiram's. I feel like he needs to process some of that. So, so he's only going to drive his jalopy off-road, you're saying, yes. if he wants to be morally he's never gonna consistent? going to renew his driver's license. He's not going to vote. He's uh, <laughs> Archie not, can't vote. He's 17. He's not going to use the public library because, mm-hmm. you know, city funding. He's, he's not going to use crosswalks because, like, city infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a difference between existing in the city and taking a contract given to you by the guy who tried to kill you all of the time. That is, how much time have all of these characters collectively spent trying to prevent the building of this private prison? And now you expect him to turn around and help build, or at least maintain, the private prison. Okay, here's my min- the idea with it. Maybe you should be the ones to do this, though, to make sure that it's all, like, legit and not some like drug smuggling tunnel uh so so it's a recon construction shop yes get paid do the recon make sure Mm -hmm. things are okay on the up and up over there here's what you do you go and you take the job and you do the shoddiest slowest work you can you bleed Hiram's prison dry that works too (laughs) just monkey wrench the fuck out of it no matter what i'm saying they should accept this contract To pay their workers. not how Fred would do it. Andrew's construction is built on honest day's work. Uh, And and Frank's all like, kid made up his mind and... and Yeah, Frank is... I mean more than you do because my name's on the sign. Frank is backing up family. Family's family. And that is... I, I have this point later in my notes, but I feel like Frank's whole morality is a coin flip. Everything I he, hate Frank. <laughs> half the time, he's doing the right thing, but that half, it's usually for the wrong reasons. Yep. <laughs> and some of the time when he's doing a very bad thing, he seems to have noble intent and kind of delivers. <laughs> he's a land of contrast, this Frank Andrews. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't. He's a bizarre enigma. 
Uh, so Charles has found out why Betty was not accepted into Yale and yes. goes and tells her, and it is because they didn't want to accept the daughter of the Black Hood. They were worried about everything to do with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we did mention the angry mob on the front lawn. Uh, college doesn't want to deal with that on, on in the quad. Yeah... You know. But, I mean, this just goes to show that serial killer gene Americans are one of the most oppressed groups in today's society. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So Jughead goes storming at Brett (laughs) a couple days later, but as though it was just two minutes ago that he was in this fight Mm -hmm. about... What the hell's wrong with you for doing that? (laughs) And I'm like, what is with time in this town? I am so confused. Uh, And so they have a good squabble. Maybe it's because part of Stonewall Prep's building, it's a very long building. Oh. Part of it is nearby Riverdale and part of it is five towns over. Oh, so he's at the other entrance. It's very long and thin. Yeah, it takes takes a while. It takes a couple days. That's why Brett's so worried about getting to class on time. (laughs) Brett's all like, you know, I I did it to get under her skin uh, for the quiz bowl. And he's like, that's what, to ruin my relationship? You, it was just for the freaking quiz bowl thing? And he's like, yeah, that's what it means to be Quill and Skull. Win at any cost. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, we're still tight. Hope we're homies. Gonna be a roomie next fall again. Hey. I would put in a roommate switch request right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Before that decision's even been made, You're I would like, be asking to switch. Hey, you know what? I would like Restraining to f- order. I would like to file a preliminary switch request in the one in a thousand chance. You know what? I'm thinking about this like Baxter Brothers book thing. Mm-hmm. And like, wasn't like his his final draft there. That was based off what won the competition. What they were like, oh, this is good. We yes. want to publish this. And then they're and like, then they no decided, fucker. No. You know what? The pu- they're going to publish it anyways. The publishing industry is, is a fickle beast that is run by Tupperware people, as we have determined. Yeah. Psychic Tupperware people. Yep. That's why they're kept in shadow, because they've never seen the natural sun, at least not for many, many yeah. decades. Yeah. Their, their skin would, would flare up like a vampire. What's that movie where... There's aliens and glass and a lot of fog. Under the bottom. No. Oh, sorry. Over the top. I was thinking of the other, the, the no. porn parody. I haven't seen that. Uh, <laughs> you haven't seen the porn parody of Over the Top? <laughs> no. I don't think I've seen either of those. <laughs> the, the weird thing is Sylvester Stallone is the star of both versions. Yeah, definitely haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of freaking Torchwood. Torchwood Children, Children of Earth. Earth. That's what they really are. The Baxter Brotherhood is the aliens. They're they're the 456. Uh-huh. They return to Earth every once in a while to steal children for nefarious purposes. Yeah. Which gets them high. Yep. Human children are their drugs. Yeah. And they're like, we want your ideas, little child. <laughs> Peter Capaldi is so fucking good in that. Though. Oh, my God. He was in that, wasn't he? Yeah. He's the fucking best. I forgot. Children of Earth is so fucking it's good. so good. But it's so much that I like, it's not one that I can just rewatch for funsies. It's what, like a five-parter, I think? Like a five well, or six-part miniseries? It's not so much because of time, it's because of like but I the mean, emotional turmoil. If, if there are five parts of Children of Earth, then that means there are six good episodes of Torchwood. Oh, 
uh, <laughs> like a third of Torchwood is good, thank you. Uh, the rest is okay. a miscellaneous assortment of stuff. <laughs> Anything with Yanto is good, okay? There are plenty of good Yanto moments, but I would not call any of them a good episode. You need to just rewatch it again. I then, would like, prefer not to. You're a much chiller Doctor Who watcher now than yeah. you were then. Yeah. I feel like there'd be less of a stick up your butt. But there still would be the cyber woman. Let's just not talk about that one, okay? <laughs> Betty mm-hmm. uh, goes to visit uh, Hal's gravestone. Yes, his defaced spray-painted gravestone. Uh, and she has a good breakdown mm-hmm. about how he's never been satisfied and he destroyed all of her life and now her future and he's still torturing her from the grave so it is time to solve my problems with vandalism she takes a fucking sledgehammer to that thing starts crumbling it piece by piece and i imagine that this is like real stone that she's actually working with it has to be. Because after the first strike takes out a good chunk, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty realistic-looking prop stone, none of the other hits seem to do any real damage, which is which makes me think it is real stone. Yeah. It's like she's landing solid blows, but like it's not cracking and crumbling after knocking that first corner off, at least. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but as she's doing this, Alice runs in and embraces her mm-hmm. because Charles has blabbed. Yeah, everybody is is squawking to each other. Alice is blabbing to Charles. Charles is returning the favor. There's a lot of blabbing happening. Or maybe, you know, it's just a family that's invested in each other's lives and problems and trying to be mutually supportive. But it is the Coopers, so I'm not so sure. It's probably just blabbing. Don't tell stuff that isn't yours to tell. <laughs> this whole, like... Using family as an excuse thing is really, like, overused in this episode. You would not say that if it were Fred. Also, you'd be like, how are you alive? But, I mean, if it were a character you liked, who is often shown in a positive light. No, this whole freaking episode (laughs) is all about making excuses for family. Mm Mm-hmm. Family lied. Family telling things you don't want them to do. Family's doing... I'm like, no. It's not always... Stop it. There are plenty of times when it's a, a beneficial thing for families to be open about what's happening with one, with one another so that they can be more supportive and helpful. I don't believe in this. It's <laughs> not how my family works. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I, I know. And I see the consequences. I couldn't handle it if they were like mushy. <laughs> Anyways, Archie uh, goes home, and Frank has the guys over again, Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the dudes follows Archie into the kitchen. His name is Carlos. Carlos. Uh, And Carlos has found out that they turned down uh, the contract. Apparently, it's actually a government contract, not a city contract. The city is the government. Oh, no. Eh, and I mean, Governor Dooley's all involved in the the thing. Like, it's from Hiram, but I mean, it, there's no such thing as a city prison. So I would imagine the state of New York is the actual payee, payer. Well, then why do we got a problem with this? Because it's being brokered by Hiram and it's for Hiram's evil facility. Gotta stay involved. You know what that boy's up to. <laughs> 
it's it's gotten around to all the guys, and mm-hmm. Carlos is warning him that if something doesn't change soon, a lot of them or all of them are going to walk. Yeah. Because they're not being fucking paid. They're they're being paid some enough that they haven't walked yet, but they do count on those Christmas bonuses, which Fred ne- or Fred never missed. Yes. So Kevin goes to the hotel with his date because yes. time doesn't mean anything here. <laughs> like a whole day has gone by. It was nighttime at the fucking graveyard. <laughs> And like they're just getting to how far away is this hotel? It's it's on the Stonewall did, campus. Did they actually walk? Like take a nice stroll around town? So they're there and Maybe it's just been a really long date. They've been making out sitting on the edge of this bed for twenty-four to thirty-six hours. <laughs> they're very chapped. And so his his date <laughs> Keeps trying to tickle his nipples. Fangs has been their DoorDash. He's been bringing them pops every few hours. It's very awkward. Oh uh, yeah, so this guy keeps trying to tickle Kevin <laughs> in what looks like his nipple. Yes. Uh, and and Kevin's, Kevin's like, like what? "What the fuck is with the tickling? What? What is happening? What is the whole deal?" Uh, and his date's like, "You ever videotaped yourself?" What the fuck is with your segue? <laughs> and instead of Kevin actually saying that, he's like, well, yeah, once. It didn't go so well. Like, what are you doing, Kevin? <laughs> what are you doing? He also, though, does question why every person he dates gets weird. <laughs> well, in one case, it was because of the cult brainwashing. We know. <laughs> in two cases, Joaquin was also brainwashed by a different cult. Uh, so his date wants to direct him mm-hmm. and another dude in a tickling video, and he's gonna pay Kevin five grand to not have sex, to just be tickled. And now we know what documentary was going around the, uh, the Riverdale writer's room. Are you aware of Tickled? No. Okay, so it, there's a documentary named Tickled. Uh-huh. That, uh, basically that this filmmaker found, I think, a Craigslist ad or something about, like, the sport of competitive tickling, where you would go and sign up and, like, talk to the camera, and then someone would tickle you as hard as they could, and you would try to, like, resist as, you like, you're, you're, you know, bound and held there. And it became very obvious to this documentary filmmaker that, oh, these are fetish videos, and that's okay, it's goofy, but whatever. But as he was doing this work, the guy found out he was being investigated by, the, by this journalist. And uh, the documentary is mostly about the absolutely bizarre twists and turns of this guy's, like, legal harassment of the journalist, trying to insist that, no, this is a legitimate sport. This is not a fetish thing. This is not sex at all. This is my... I'm not a weirdo. I just pay people thousands of dollars to be competitively tickled. That's weird. It's so weird. So Kevin agrees to this shit. So Kevin agrees. Doesn't really seem concerned. And I'm like, you know, Kevin, you've decided to do some things that haven't worked out very well for you in the past. They haven't paid him $5,000 in the past. I'm concerned. Tom, maybe spend some time with your boy. (laughs) 
Stop trying to be Archie's father. Be your own son's father. If Archie was more involved with his family business instead of the community center, Tom could go home once in a while. They'd play weird homebrew board games together. Yes, they'd drink milk at night. (laughs) Together. They'd pump iron in the basement. It'd be lovely. Sierra might be in the show some more if she was spending time with the family. They could read a letter home from Josie. Yeah, yeah, all, all that like, stuff. All like little women, like mm-hmm. cuddled up with each other. Yes. I would love to see a side-by-side of all the film versions of Little Women, how they tableau the cuddle for reading letters oh, from Dad. there's totally, um, I think it was a Twitter post that did uh, a still of all that. Yeah, good. It's very... I- very similar. I need to see it. Then that's either just like a shot that people really respect, or maybe it's like described in fine detail in the book, who's sitting where and being touched by whose hand. Um, I mean, some of them are in a slightly different order, but it's still like the same sense. Okay. Um, I think it is, though, just that that is a described section of the book. Then again, how they're... many ways are there to arrange five people in one chair? <laughs> that all can be seen by the camera. <laughs> yeah. Jughead mm-hmm. goes home to, to Betty mm-hmm. in the house that they all share, goes to comfort her in her time of need. Yes. And and uh, cuddles her and, and apologizes and there's I love you's exchange mm-hmm. and it's very sweet. And uh, they, they bond over the realization that they're both being played by Brett. Well, mostly Betty, but yeah. She is happy for him. It's just a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, they got me in, but what if I pay it forward? Ah. Uh, uh. ah. So he's all like, you know, the, the, you got the quiz show, but like this bigger game we're playing. Mm-hmm. There's a game afoot on your foot. Tickle fetish. There's a game on the foot. It's competition. So what's the next scene, dear? Uh, so Cheryl and Veronica are enjoying dancing at their new nightclub. Yeah, this looks so much like the, the nightclub scene from season one that this might be a time travel show. I don't know. <laughs> like, it clearly is Le Bon Oui. You know, you're, you're seeing behind all of the, the brightly colored lights, you know, bits of their, their crown molding. But yeah. <laughs> it's just weird flashbacks to the dance party where Josie said, don't you know who my mother is? Uh, so then the sheriff department, uh, comes in and does a raid. Not with FP. FP is not there. No. Uh, Hiram has a warrant because it's rumored that alcohol is being sold there. And they're like, "Uh uh-uh, we aren't selling anything. And I'm like, yes, you fucking are. You're selling rum in the coat closet. Yeah. You are selling rum for delivery, not for consumption. And I'm pretty sure that's still a violation. Yeah. Also giving it away for free. I'm pretty sure it's some sort of violation. So Hiram uh, takes off his jacket, mm-hmm. opens a hidden doorway, mm-hmm. and smashes the wall of rum bottles right there. With a sledgehammer that I'm sure a deleted scene will show him finding discarded in a graveyard. Yes. Or maybe there was a big sale on sledgehammers. <laughs> I don't know. But this happens after he publicly threatens them in front of the entire club of people about mm-hmm. how he's going to take them down. Yes. And I'm kind of like, I think they can sue him now. I also think that's a pretty good step one in taking them down, intimidating their entire clientele on the big opening gala bash. But like... Hey, this place you're having fun, I'm going to make it very not fun. 
don't come back and pay a cover charge ever again. But like, hey, witnesses. He runs the cops and has bought so many judges. You're you're expecting the law to work as intended. He doesn't run FP. <laughs> FP is above Hiram. Yeah. Yeah, he got his like morally, his, but he got his snake jacket. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna find Hiram balled up in, in a, a roll of carpet in an alley. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Kevin is is ready for his tickle sesh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's out of hair and makeup. He's ready for his close up. Tickle buddy. He's a large, large man. Very beefy. Oh, so beefy. Uh, and Kevin's a little worried that he gives that Mad dude, Dog a run for his money. Like, does he know it's just tickling? Yeah. <laughs> That's all we're doing, right? The the cameraman mm-hmm. is all like, "Well, I love when opposites pair up," and I'm like, "Excuse me, is that this, is very rude." Is this a, a a big muscle twink thing, or is this a race thing? Do you mean opposites, like, because you got a black guy to tickle him? Is that what this means? I hope it's that they're trying to say that he's this beefy man, but yeah. I'm like, if you would have had Kevin take off his shirt, you would have seen <laughs> his guns. Yeah, like they they put him in these sweaters to make him look twinky, but he is beefy. He's at least a twunk. He's probably a full on hunk. I would love to see a chart of these things, but <laughs> there, okay. There are charts of these. Oh God, things. Cheryl and Veronica are. Sipping some leftover rum. Mm-hmm. The club is empty. <laughs> they they mopped up the floor, then then drained it and started yep. drinking that. Uh, Cheryl already has a new batch brewing at Thistle House. To make rum, according to WikiHow, which is what I trust for all, oh, yeah. all of my answers. Of course. The, the simple process of distilling rum takes four to ten days. Mm-hmm. However, to make good rum to to properly age your rum which they are trying to sell is is a premium exclusive product Mm -hmm. in uh, a a cooler climate like upstate new york will take at least 10 years in the barrel what yeah so i don't really see how how their business works maybe they're aging it where in the five seasons whereas we know a day and a half goes by in the blink of an eye when she says that they're brewing up rum, mm-hmm. they're literally pouring pre-made rum yes. and maple syrup in, in, in a ma- pot. <laughs> in the maple cask. And they're boiling it for a few minutes, and then they're like, ta-da. Everyone knows the strongest alcohol is the one you boil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cheryl gets the idea, since Hiram's just going to keep raiding them, mm-hmm. to have... Le Bonnui be a front. It's going to still be a nightclub. He's going to be distracted by it. And they will take yeah. their rum business elsewhere. Hiram will keep raiding Le Bonnui, looking for liquor that isn't there, but he won't know where else to look. Meanwhile, terrorizing all of their clients that just want to have a good time. I just need to dance. I don't even want to talk to any boys. I'm going to dance. That's why I'm going somewhere with mocktails. Yeah. Those people are, are just going to have their, their skulls bashed in by the deputies that are more loyal to the mayor than the, the uh, sheriff. Yeah. Every Friday night. But meanwhile, the real business, they have a new locale. So back uh, at the hotel, mm-hmm. the tickle session is over. Uh, and uh, Kevin is being complimented on his great laugh. <laughs> it has a strong timbre. Uh, and, uh, he, he gets paid his five grand and is 
told that, you know, he, he could make quite a following if he uh, wanted to continue doing this. And right uh, now, Kevin is thinking, if he just has five grand cash in his pocket, I really should have let him buy me dinner first at Pops. Right? You gotta milk this man, which is a completely different set of videos. It's a bit more intense. Gross. What? My name's Kevin, and this is Jackass. Today we're doing prostate apostate. <laughs> no! No. So, uh, Veronica and Cheryl have made their way to Penelope Blossom's old Maple Club. Yes, up on the top floor uh, of the the Five Seasons, right? That's where it was. was Unless it? it moved. I don't remember. Isn't that where it was? Yeah, it's like the, the secret penthouse level of the Five Seasons, yeah. if I recall correctly. Which I bring up because Hiram owns that building. And he, he lives there. So that's like something interesting to think about. Um, because this is where they are going to bring the their rum business. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, the rent's paid for for the next year. It has a security system. They have a book of rich people to call. Yeah, their, their plan is to run it like an old-fashioned gentleman's club. Back when that used to mean, you know, the place where you go after your, your day of uh, oppressing the working man in smog-filled Victorian London to smoke your cigars and play Baccarat and never go home to your wife that you have to have to keep Mumsy happy and, and maintain the ancestral lands. Yeah, so we're going to tap those scumbags like <laughs> maple trees. So yeah, the, their, their first lead on their clients is Penelope's old clients. Yeah. And you know what people who used to hang out at a brothel love? Paying membership dues for a place without sex. (laughs) What? So uh, they get right to work starting to call everyone about their maple-centric liquor. Mm -hmm. And that is apparently the selling point. It's the only place you can buy maple rum. And they're like... Excited about They're this excited shit, about- I guess. Do they I ju- think it's because they don't understand that there's not going to be sex. Like They make that clear on the phone call, but I have to assume these men are like hearing a wink that isn't being like, wunk. Wink, wink. Like, <laughs> oh, you can't say over the phone, but when I get there, like, no, when you get there, there's just like weird plush furniture in, in bizarre shapes. So after they're done calling everyone, Veronica is like, man, you know... With senior year and running the club as a cover and this, like, we're just so busy. You're already accepted to your colleges. Don't fucking worry about it. Uh, so they decide they need to hire someone. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's idea of the perfect per- person to run this aspect of their business is her mom. I'm- so they go visit her in the sex hole. She knows the lay of the land, uh, and, and she greets them by asking, Why have you come for me, nightmare child? <laughs> I love you, Penelope. Veronica's not so sure about this, but she's like, Yeah, she's a killer, but like your dad is, Betty's dad is, it's fine, it's everyone's fine. killers. Every- name, a not- name anyone in our group whose parent hasn't killed someone. You know Tom has discharged his weapon in the line of service. So uh, Cheryl's bargain is that she can work off her debt to society and her daughter Mm -hmm. by doing this. 
and by by becoming the live-in manager she is not permitted to leave the premises of the maple club yes uh so over at andrew's construction tom comes storming out as frank and archie pull up Mm -hmm. and uh two hundred dollars is gone from the petty cash yes tom is incensed frank's all like well, I can borrow it if my name's on the sign. Yeah, he says, I didn't steal it. I borrowed it against my paycheck, you know, without telling anybody, which is a lot like stealing, actually. Yeah, and he, he does literally mention his name being on the sign. I'm like, yes. it's not actually your name. It was like your brother's name. Yeah. So then there's a lot of punching. There's a lot of punching. This is a heavy, drawn-out fight. They fuck each other up right good. Yes. And by the time Tom gets back up on his feet and quits publicly, yes. there are several streams of blood running over his face, and it's very good. Yes. Yes, it is. But when he quits, like, obviously a fight like this is going to gather a crowd, and most, if not all, of, of the guys working on the site are there to watch. And so he gets up and he dusts himself off. He's like, I quit. And uh, if things don't turn around here, you all know where to find me. How? We haven't seen you in months. <laughs> Nobody knows how to find you. You are a mystery. You are a phantom, Tom Keller. <laughs> your own family hasn't seen you. Go check in on your son. He's in trouble. Back at the Andrews household, Archie's been giving Frank the silent treatment the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Finally, he's just like, how could you steal? He's like, no, I borrowed from my future self. Uh, it's like, you could have come to me. And, mm-hmm. Well, no, you're a child. I couldn't. I'm a grown man. <laughs> um, and, you know, so, I had a hot tip at the track. Yes. That's why stole. I needed it. He was too prideful to ask a teenager for a loan so he could blow it on the ponies. <laughs> But for a good cause, because he was planning to win enough to pay everyone's Christmas bonuses. I can't stand this man. He's Again. he's he's dumber than Archie. Yes. Are we sure? Oh my God! Prediction. What if Frank is actually his father and yes. not Fred? That's where his brain genes came from. Because they're so dumb. That's that's Mary's big problem with them. Shame. Shame at having cheated on her husband with his brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be something that I would expect to be possible if Fred were alive. Yeah. If, 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 if Luke Perry were alive. If Luke Perry was alive they, and, like, they would have gone down that route. Yes. But be, they would not do that. They, they like, can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, even if Fred were dead, but it, not because Luke died, they would still do that. Yeah. Uh, so it is time for the Quiz Bowl final. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is very fancy. There's lots of blinking lights. It's very, like, 70s. There's makeup crews. This is there, not what it looked like for you guys on PBS. There's a green room, which we will see shortly. <laughs> and uh, so Jughead has followed through on his plan and he has brought mr brooks the yale recruiter yeah. to watch betty play quiz bowl yes because that's how you get into yale yeah it seems like the deal is if you win you get to talk to this man but he's in the room you can still talk to him it's weird she could just like plead her case for actually as i very likely said in my uh uh Personal essay. In my personal essay, being the daughter of the Black Hood makes me an asset to the Yale Society. I don't get why Jughead just didn't invite him to Pops. Yeah. 
But I mean, it it does show a lot of great sides of Betty, her her drive to succeed, her ability to overcome uh, adversity. Like, while Frank is betting on these horses, surely there are people taking a, a line on the Quiz Bowl final. And I have to say, Riverdale's odds would not look good on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Alice comes to, to wish her good luck and is like, oh, I left you a present in the green room. And I immediately guessed what the present was. Alice is a fucking idiot. Alice is the worst. She decided to leave a big manila envelope mm-hmm. in the green room. And so Betty opens it, opens this unlabeled, well, it says like to Betty or something, but like. Which is a terrible idea. It's not good. And it is all the questions and answers for the mm-hmm. Quiz Bowl tournament. She, she, uh, Betty opens it up and pulls it out enough to see, like, the header of the page, see what, that's what it is, and immediately closes it and looks behind her like, oh shit, what the fuck do I do now, mother, goddamn you. And here's what we said she should have done. Talk Turned to a judge. In. Turn it They're in. Like, hey, talk to a judge. I found the shit. Someone is either trying to cheat for me or sabotage me by look, making it look like I cheated. Do you have backup questions? I wash my hands of thee. Yep. That's what you do. She didn't. Instead, the game starts and Betty's basically answering every question for her team. Yes. To the uh, point where like Cheryl and Tony are like, why are we fucking even here? <laughs> Yes. Uh, It it is the same foursome for Riverdale that we saw before. The uh, Stonewall prep team, you'll be shocked to know, is the writing class minus Chughead. (laughs) The same four students. I swear they must have all been on the football team. They have... So dumb. Each each of them was somehow three different football players. Yes. Uh, It's also mostly Brett answering the questions. Mm -hmm. His team getting annoyed with him as well. Uh, But then they go to the final round... And it's Betty and Brett against each other. And and they ask an auto repair question. And, and Brett, the little Nancy boy, knows nothing. And Betty gets it right. And they win. The answer was clutch. And Brett said spark plug. Yes. What fucks me up about this is he buzzed in first. Yeah. <laughs> he expected the answer to be spark spark plug <laughs> no he didn't he just buzzed because he's like i buzz in first and then he was like shit i don't know what it is there was like a pause that that is a real strategy that is something that like jeopardy champs will do uh be first on the buzz and then trust yourself to know it when you when the time comes i'd be so bad at jeopardy yeah uh so jughead runs up and embraces betty and is like yay you did so good we're gonna solve every mystery in connecticut and eat a lot of pizza <laughs> it's a very cute moment it's very cute it's very warm i they're they're happy with each other and individually i just love happy people yeah you know what would make me happy hmm. if there was Ever in my life, a tournament story where the two heated rival teams faced off in, like, the round of 16 or something. Mm -hmm. Anywhere but the final. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That happens in the Mighty Ducks. It does happen in the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, they have to play each other before the final. Yeah, how about that? All right, that's why Mighty Ducks is great. Love it forever. Uh, But one thing I do have to recognize is that there is a clear Mean Girls reference in this academic quiz competition. Oh, isn't there? Oh. The, the big question that, that she gets in the end to win the game is that the limit does not exist. 
And that same question shows up in the middle of the Riverdale v. Stonewall prep quiz bowl game. And Betty gets it right. The limit does not exist. Oh, that's why you thought it was so funny. That's why I thought it was so funny. Yes. You they, know Mean Girls better than me. They turn that in, they, they tease out a big metaphor out of just the idea that the limit does not exist in the Mean Girls musical. Oh. Yeah. Instead of just letting it be sort of like subdued and there for people who are really paying attention in the film. You know, like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At home, mm-hmm. Betty is putting her trophy on the mantle. It's this teeny tiny trophy, which I love. That's the most honest thing about uh, this sort of competition. Yeah. Like, we have to get you a trophy. We do not have the budget to get one over four inches. <laughs> it looks like a participation trophy. It does. <laughs> It's not even gold. It's this dusty, dingy bronze. Uh, And so Alice is all like, I'm very proud of you. You know, you did what you had to do. And Betty's like, yeah, but it's not what you think. I tore everything up. Mm -hmm. Left it in the waste bin. And I'm like. The sort of thing that looks like destroying evidence of me cheating. I did that. That's what I did. Are you dumber than Archie? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. If you're going to cover up your mom's crime. By destroying evidence, you have to make sure it's destroyed. So here's what you do. Fire. Water. Fire. Think elemental. You tear it up into tiny little pieces and, like, flush it down the toilet in multiple flushes to make sure it goes down, doesn't flood the toilet. Chew and swallow. Wrap it in a tampon pad stuff. No one wants to touch that shit. (laughs) Be like, oh my god. Are you experiencing a heavy flow? A heavy, fibrous, yellow with black printer ink flow. Fold it up really small and then you wrap it up and yeah. Find someone in the audience who has a baby, borrow a diaper. So many options to make sure no one touches that. At Andrew's household, Frank slaps a giant wad of cash on the table. He made $10,000 on a $200 bet. That's a 50 to 1 long shot, Frank. Jesus Christ. He's like, well, that was one hell of a tip. Is that Hiram's horse? Is that how you fix this? It's Hiram's goddamn horse. He's like, here's the money for the bonuses. And goes to storm away. And, and Archie's all like, you know, it's, it's great what you did, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the way to do it. <laughs> what, it felt like you stole from my father. And we have to honor and respect the company in his name. Mm-hmm. Ah, family, family, family. Yeah. F9, the saga continues. (laughs) Trailer and title drops Friday. Yeah. So Betty is walking into Riverdale High and people are chanting her name. Darling, did anyone ever chant your name when you came back from a quiz bowl competition? No. No, I... There was the one time where I had 20 bucks and I... Spent it all on McDonald's apple pies and just gave them away randomly to people in the hallway. That's the closest people got to liking me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very sad now. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I liked you. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) Are you okay? I'll be okay in a minute. This got really confessional really fast. I don't like to think about high school. Okay. This is a weird show for us to make. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is quickly interrupted. Principal Honey. Yeah. Just standing at the end of the line while everybody's slapping Betty on the back. She's the happiest we've ever seen her. Yeah. Adorable smiles of pride and a little bit of embarrassment, but also like, no, I earned this. I deserve this. This, Like, she's so good. Lily Reinhardt is so fucking good. And so Principal Honey uh, holds up an a plastic baggie mm-hmm. that is filled with the piece together piece of paper that she tore up <laughs> these tears these pieces were like four square inch chunks they're huge tears she tore the thing into like maybe eight pieces <laughs> she's an idiot <laughs> i mean she was in a rush you know they they called places <laughs> I- you know what you do you stuff that down your bra yeah, no one's looking there. Jughead's going to be like, huh, feels crunchy. I'm not nearly suspicious as I used to be over the last three episodes, so I don't care. <gasps> He's all like, we're going to my office. And I'm like, yeah, didn't see that coming. Oh, no. Normal life has happened in Riverdale. A realistic thing. Uh, So Betty goes home and Alice is there. Uh, and Alice has already gotten a call from the school and she's tried to confess that it was her, that you had... Betty had nothing to do with it, but it wouldn't work. Betty's like, why the hell are you even here? It's the middle of the day. And Alice Alice has been let go, suspended without pay from her job at the television station, which was producing the the tournament, which is why she had the answers, presumably, Uh or access to them. Uh Uh-huh. And they found out. Yeah. Yeah. And Betty fills her in on the fact that someone drug dug through her trash and i'm like it's really not your trash if it's a public trash can in a green (laughs) room room. in a film studio (laughs) but okay betty someone dug through my trash they were also in the bathroom with a mop for some reason and then i saw them wiping down the the blackboard in in the uh very suspicious very suspicious betty has been suspended from school pending an investigation and riverdale has lost their win and it has gone to Stonewall. Mm -hmm. Again, normal consequences for the first time ever. It's shocking, actually, to see a realistic, like, fallout. Yeah. Uh, So meanwhile, uh, Kevin goes to Fangs and is all like, first, this is not about us getting back together. We are not getting back together. Do you want to film some fetish porn, though? Yeah, just be open minded. <laughs> Could make a lot of money. Yeah, Ke- Kevin is into the five thousand dollars. He's not so into this massive hulk of a tickle man. So he wants to like do it with someone he knows, someone he's comfortable with, feeling his his ribs and armpits and uh, soles of the feet for the the people who paid for the extra premium content. I guess Joaquin would not put up with this shit. <laughs> Joaquin would stab the producer and take the $5,000. Yes. And also be like, leave my boy alone. Mm-hmm. Do not prey on him. Do you think the tickler or the tickle gets a bigger cut? Or is it 50-50? That's a great question. I feel like the tickle has the harder job. I'm getting very confused by trying to understand tickler and tickle right now. The person who like, oh my God. does the laughing. Uh-huh. Laugher. The, the laugher and the poker. So is this video really just, like, the reason Kevin's uncomfortable is because that guy was trying to, like, just poke him with his penis? 
No. That was the tickling? No, I don't think that was the tickling. He's like, you know, I'll be more comfortable if it's fangs. No, I don't <laughs> think that's what was happening. No. He's like, well, you're saying poking. It's not really how you tickle. You, you, boop, 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 boop. I'm just going to punch you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> tickle you? <laughs> Give me my $5,000! Give me $5,000. Mm. Archie meets Tom mm-hmm. at Pops. Oh, I forget. Kevin called Fangs a stud. He did. He did call him stud. I'm assuming stud is like the nickname that always made like Fangs do whatever Kevin wanted. That's actually the name of the horse that Frank won his $10,000 on. <laughs> <It was> stud. <laughs> yeah. That was its nickname because you know it had one of those like 12 like name things like a purebred dog. Dogs have long names. Horses have esoteric names. Uh, so Archie meets Tom, you know, Sheriff Keller, former Sheriff Keller Tom. Former foreman Tom. <laughs> At Pops uh, to bring him his bonus and, and apologize. Ma- make peace, you know, be the adult that he needs to be. And ask him to come back. You make him foreman again. And Tom's and he, like, mm, no, I'll take this money, but no, we're cool. But me and the business are not cool. I'm not cool with your uncle. If yeah. he's there, no. It's, it's a bad deal. I'm going to take care of myself. You're like a son to me, Archie, but I'm done with Andrew's construction. I'm going to go pay attention to my son. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, he's still on the good dad team. Cheryl and Veronica are at their oh boy. new club. <laughs> the Maple Club. The Maple Club. And it is very popular. Oh and word is, is spreading faster than a fire at Thornhill. So it's a good thing they have their live-in manager, Penelope, who no one can know is Penelope because she is still being hunted for all of her many crimes. So she is wearing a mask. That looks exactly like her own face. <laughs> It's like that one mask that the one basketball player wore because he got injured too many times in the face. Yeah. Where it, it's like molded to your face, but it's like plastic. Yeah, it, it is a, a rubber Halloween mask, basically. Yeah. Just of her face, but of her entire face and of her face. Yes. It looks so much like her. And they're also... With like a strap around the back of the head. And in case that's not uh, hiding her identity enough, Cheryl keeps calling her mom. And everyone else is calling her Penelope. (laughs) Uh, So they've got the phantom of the brothel. (laughs) Everyone knows who it is. She can't leave. She's a murderer and everyone knows it. Uh, She has an ankle monitor. Wears a mask that does not conceal her identity. In fact, only underlines her identity. But you know what? It's all good because she's no longer in the Petri dish that was that Teen sex bunker. They called it a sex bunker. Oh, you know, you know, whoever listens to our show brought up sheepishly. Could she say sex hole? And uh, they're like, no, that just doesn't fit the character of Penelope. Bunker? Sex bunker. We we have to, we have to settle on bunker. Penelope wouldn't say hole. And then that one person is like, drat. But we still see you. So I know you're listening. You're listening. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. Joanna. Uh, so uh, apparently this is working, though, because they get a text from Pops that the club was raided. Which they count as a success. Yay! <laughs> they beat up our stuff again. 
They spilled all our margarita mix that we don't have tequila for. Hooray! <laughs> so uh, Jughead goes and seeks out Brett mm-hmm. and, and tears into him. And Brett's all like, when you say things like that, it really upsets me. Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> and so Jughead says, oh, so we're having a dispute? Would you say that we are beefing? The vocabulary in this entire scene hurts me. He didn't say beefing. I said beefing. I know, but okay. still. <laughs> because they go off about how they're they're using, like, really weird phrases. Mm-hmm. Because, well, oh, they're so smart and literary. But also Jughead is trying to establish that this is a dispute as defined in the published bylaws of the Quill and Skull the Secret, Secret Society. Society. He's waving around a mass printed booklet. Looks like a fucking Gideon Bible you find in your hotel drawer. So according to the code, <laughs> if they are having a dispute, they can have a duel. <laughs> it is to be resolved in a duel. So they are going to have a duel. And Brett's like... Ponytail girlfriend's gonna weep over your dead body. And yes, he is correct. We have seen this happen in the flash yes. forwards, which is our segue into the next flash forward. Four weeks later. Four weeks after this point in time. I, I like that we're now getting timestamps on the flash forwards. So we know they are moving in time at this roughly yes. the same rate the episodes are. Yes. And so uh, Archie meets Betty at Pops. And, and she is very upset that she just can't do it anymore. She can't keep waiting for him to come back because he won't. And she doesn't know how she's going to keep going. And, and they hold Archie hands. Archie is the stand-up, supportive shoulder to cry on as he reaches out a hand. And they hold hands on top of the booth table. And is there something developing over the still warm corpse of Jughead Jones? No. Wait until next week's flash forward to find out. No. The end. The end of the episode. Dear, what did you think of chapter 68 quiz show? I did not think I was actually going to have this much to say about it. This one ran long. Because when it was over, I was kind of like, huh. I was kind of indifferent. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff happened, but it was kind of weird. And I don't feel like we like developed things too far. But then we ended up talking about it forever. Yeah. And it was a heck of a lot funnier remembering it than it was watching it. <laughs> uh, just the, the idea of a realistic uh, punishment and, and consequences for the bullshit of Riverdale is still so odd to me. This is the show where the cult man wanted to launch himself to space in a six foot long rocket ship? Yes. Edgar's alive. Ed- <laughs> But also, if you get caught cheating and you don't, you know, uh, handle it properly, you will be suspended. Edgar's alive. Edgar's alive. Uh, I did enjoy getting a lot more time with Frank. And I'm intrigued at what they're doing with him because I'm not sure what the plan is right now. Like, they, they seem to be trying to keep him in such a gray area where he's always doing wrong things for right reasons and right things for wrong reasons. And it's all a a mess. But what that means is it's a character that you can't root for, but is hard to love to hate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right now he's just annoying. He's Yeah. I I (laughs) I think that's what we're at. I'm just like, I'm annoyed by you. Can you just stop being around? (laughs) Please? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think soon Frank is going to take a major turn in some direction or other. And I... 
with this so far, I have no idea what direction that's going to be. So that's interesting. That That's something to look out for, look forward to. At this point in the show, I'm not sure who is the dumbest person. Because <laughs> everyone Archie. made... I don't know. He's got a long list of uh, hits in this competition. He, he's been racking up points since the game began, okay? But Cheryl and Veronica decided <laughs> that serving alcohol in their For, place without a liquor license was totally fine. It's a license to sell alcohol, dear. Kevin's like, yeah, random stranger, I'll just go to this hotel room with you, and yeah, you can film tickling me. I've never met you before, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get a contract. Always get a contract. Like something that says, like, this is what's going to be done with it and how much you owe me and, like, I don't know, future write-up of what he's going to pay you. This is the first step to Kevin's SAG card, all right? You laugh, but this is how a career begins. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, I would like Kevin to have, I don't know, a good (laughs) storyline. I mean, may- maybe this is finally a good thing happening to Kevin. He got $5,000 for one day's work. I, I wouldn't turn that down. You just got to tickle me? Okay. Are you sure? You don't have $5,000, so you, we're not going to find out. You really cannot handle tickles. That's why I'd be worth every penny. <laughs> but you'd just be like, ah! <laughs> I do not have the timbre of one Kevin <laughs> Keller. Do you think he did vocal warm-ups first? Oh, yeah. Kevin's a he pro. Was all like, <laughs> no, that's in the other kind of video. Mm. Anyhow, so that is this week's episode. Now it is time for me to awkwardly lurch and segue toward our new segment for this year, but I yield. You yield? I yield my time. And instead of talking about comic books, we're going to talk about some news about this yes, very show. Yes, 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 And I figured this might take a while. So uh, talking about Vampironica, we'll have to wait an episode. Take that, Vampironica. And instead, we're going to talk about the announcement of this year's musical-ish yes, episode. yes. Which is going to be themed around the music of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes! Airing April 8th. That is 11 weeks from now. Depending on how many breaks we see, uh, I don't know, eight episodes or so at, at a guess. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darling, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought we'd share our initial thoughts. I'm, I'm sure we will do a full thing about it like we did for uh, uh, the, the previous musical episodes. But this is exciting to me. This is something we sort of predicted, sort of hoped for. In our first musical bonus, we talked about some of the kids using Hedwig songs as their auditions. Yeah. Moose was the one, actually. Well, and we've also talked... He's dead now. On our own... I don't know if it ever made it to a recording, but we've talked about, like, what musicals they could possibly do in the future. And I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure, like, Hedwig was maybe mentioned because of the type of style of musicals they like to do. Edgier stuff that is popular, especially like cult popular. Yes. And they did the two that take place in a high school. Yes. <laughs> they're they're out. They're the end. Yeah. They're going to do Be More Chill. Fuck you. Be More Chill sucks. <laughs> I don't like that. I I love one song from Be More Chill and the rest sucks. I love Hedwig. Yes. I love Hedwig. So much. We have seen a Broadway tour of it. We went and saw James Cameron Mitchell, who was the original Hedwig. And wrote the book for the show in in the first place. Uh, We went and saw him perform 
It wasn't it wasn't the whole thing, but it was basically every song from it plus other songs. It was his, his, he he it did a tour recently, yeah. And conversation. I mean, the, it was incredible. The topic of the show came up a lot, obviously. <laughs> there were costumes. <laughs> yeah. Uh and looking at the shelf, I think we own one Criterion collection film. Yep, and it's Hedwig. It's Hedwig and the Angry Witch. So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this this one speaks to us in a way none of the other ones did. Uh, one thing that makes me very hopeful, though, is the uh, synopsis they released along with their traditional, like, casting flyer for promotion, which is that instead of putting on the show, the, the way this episode will be framed is the school is doing a talent show. Yes. Kevin uh, applies to sing a song from Hedwig as, you know, his talent and gets shot down, gets censored by Principal Honey. Yes. Which inspires everyone in like an act of defiance as a protest to all do Hedwig songs. Yeah. Because if you're not familiar with this show, there is one and one half characters. (laughs) You cannot fit this cast into that show. It doesn't work. The, the show is framed as uh, a concert. Yeah. And Hedwig, the front woman of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, yeah. is just singing her songs and doing show banter in between, which is basically autobiographical show banter. Yeah. So, so it's her and then the band... And, and, like, really only one member of the band her, is a character. Her, her background singer and her, her partner, Itzhak, mm-hmm. is sort of a character, but a character that has no lines. Pretty much. Has, like, one or two featured vocal parts. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, definitely hard to do the normal way. And I But th- again, not that they actually did the shows no. the last two times anyway. Well, and I think... So I feel like this way opens it up to them doing some... Interesting. So the way they do it, like, it has never been like, here's the show we do, mm-hmm. right? It's always been like, here's are... rehearsals, here's montages, here's part of it. And even less so the second time around with Heathers yes. than the first. So it has me think that they'll probably do something very similar. Mm-hmm. But it also, I can imagine them using a bit of the technique they used when it came to Heathers with, like, Kevin's opening song and how, like... He's walking through the halls, but then there's, like, people in, you know, the girls are mm-hmm. in their costumes, and it's almost like they're the characters, but really, like, they're just in their costumes for the day. And, like, yeah. I feel like some of that, like, blended reality, they could do a lot with people performing, practicing whatever pieces, but then having other people in the background become the band. Yes. And I think that could be really cool because of how, like, the movie utilizes that, mm-hmm. where the band just, like comes in to random scenes and into <laughs> suddenly they're entering the trailer that Hedwig lives in and mm-hmm. no one's questioning this. It's not weird because that's just the reality of what it is. I'm expecting nothing of the plot to make it in. Like probably some mentions and people talk about it, but I'm not expecting anything about the the life of Hedwig herself. No. Ab- about her you know, childhood in East Berlin or, or anything. No, uh, yeah. I, I think they're going to go even farther with the lessons they learned from Heather's, which is not trying to put uh, the plot of Riverdale to the plot of the show, but just take parts of songs that are about more universal, more general emotions and put those toward the story that you're trying to tell with your characters. Yeah. All I really want is for Kevin to have... 
a full fucking song. <laughs> like, can the end of the episode be Kevin getting his shining moment up on stage, performing, performing his piece from Hedwig with he... the rest of the student body cheering him on, saying, sings... fuck you, Principal Honey. Yeah, which is, according to this one paragraph, you know, promotional uh, uh, blurb, the inciting incident of the episode, apparently. He, can he actually do the thing then, please? Yes, and like, really <laughs> let him do it. Not just he starts it and we roll credits, but like, let him. Yeah. Casey Codd is a Broadway actor. Yes. Let him do it. He and, I mean, I'm hoping Evelyn comes back because the two of them are the strongest singers in the cast. Yeah. Yes. Shannon Purser, come back for Hedwig, please. <laughs> it's too late for me to ask for this. I'm sure it's it's happened or is currently happening. I don't know. <laughs> I would also, I, I'm not going to hold out a lot of hope because we know how it's gone with other cast lists of who's been on it. Yes. But I can certainly hope that we might see that Sweet Pea is not dead, because <laughs> he's on there. Another thing that I enjoy about this, you know, talent show, variety show uh, thing is that there is already discourse happening about how is this show about a whole bunch of, of cis teens portrayed by cis actors going to deal with this very gender bendy yes. uh, uh, story. By by many definitions, Hedwig is a trans woman. Yes. By the creator's uh, uh, quotes, she is a gender of one. She is very a, a very unique history profile identity. There is no one like Hedwig. Yes. In part because she is fictional. Like, <laughs> but uh, how do you deal with that? And they're like, we're not. Essentially, like that, that is what this structure is telling me. We are, yeah, like the, these are songs loved by everyone, and so many people can find parts of themselves in very, very many of these songs, not necessarily the same parts of themselves that the character does. Mm -hmm. And we are allowing our characters to do the same, mm -hmm. and we'll see how that goes. We'll see yeah. how that goes. It's a tricky thing very, to do right. Very, my, I guess, my, my hope of it mm -hmm. is that people who have never heard of Hedwig will go experience it Yeah. after this. Like, oh, that music's catchy. Let me go watch it. Let me go see it. Mm -hmm. And then get the full experience of what the story is. And I absolutely do not want to, to come out and say that all of people making these sorts of, of uh, uh, statements are doing so in bad faith. But I do want to say that if you require your Hedwig to be played by a non-cis person. As far as I know, uh, you, you are shut out of every professional production in the U.S., in England, on film, on stage. Mm -hmm. I, I hope I'm missing some. Please, please educate me. I, I love every take I've seen on the character. Michael Cerverus in London was... Those recordings are amazing. Yeah. Yes. So it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Looking forward I, to April 8th. Looking forward to when we, we really, you know, take the weighted training clothes and dedicate a whole bonus episode to this. Because I do want to go line by line off of that flyer. Yeah. So bad right now, but I can't let myself. And I basically want every excuse to talk about Hedwig. Yes. That I possibly can. Yes. We should watch the movie we again. Should, uh, yeah, I mean, before we do that bonus episode, we're going to watch the movie again. We're going to watch. Sitting right there the, staring at me. All of them tasty Criterion bonus features and, and uh, commentary uh, tracks. James Cameron Mitchell did post do a Instagram post mm -hmm. uh, right after the announcement came out 
as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, St- Stephen Trask, the uh, uh, composer lyricist, mm-hmm. half of the creative pair, loves Riverdale. Oh. And uh, as far as the cast goes, it, it is apparently Cole Sprouse's favorite musical. I can Which of this. fits, yeah, that seems like the image I have of the guy. <laughs> Uh, but that is talking 11 weeks in the future. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about one weeks in the future. Dear, do you have any predictions for chapter nice? Yes. So as Veronica and Cheryl build their maple empire mm-hmm. of rum, I guess because they're, they're doing this at Thistle House. That's where they're making it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess they to... have their, their brew casks right next to the syrup casks. Yeah. So they're going to build a... a because the maple syrup is there, they have giant holding facilities for it. Mm-hmm. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to collapse, and there's going to be a maple syrup flood through Riverdale. You're just trying to cross-promote our, our uh, New Year's special for History Honey. What? About the molasses flood of 1919? Half of which is about the great molasses flood of 1919. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, w- would you compare uh, uh, Uncle Frank's... Uh, money scheming to the Chicago Black Sox affair, the other half of our recent <laughs> History Honeys episode. What? <laughs> but no, I totally think that's going to happen. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Yep. Now that uh, Kevin has found himself a, a lucrative uh, uh, business to help pay for his schooling, uh, he's going to reach out to his good friend Betty for advice and, and what she learned in her in her short career as a cam girl. Yeah. Which she, of course, inherited from her, her not-brother chick, Cybertrick slash Video Gigolo. Video Gigolo. One of my favorite titles of an episode. I think Tom is going to form his own Keller construction. Oh. And he is going to uh, hire all the people who leave Andrew's construction. Yeah, I mean, it, it is implied. I, I made my joke about him being unfindable, but like he's going to be formatting with whatever company is taking this this prison contract. I think he's going to form his own. Yeah, I, I think that's what he's going to do, and then uh, he is going to be the rival, mm-hmm. and eventually he will be the one to buy out Andrew's construction. Oh, I mean, Mary is looking for a seller after all. Yeah, or she was for a while. At yeah. Least. Like, it won't be an icky thing mm-hmm. when he buys it out, though, because he, like, will do something to honor Fred. Yeah. Within it, yeah, you know? Like, I, 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 I feel mean, like that would... He he was at some of the earliest concerts of the Fredheads. Yeah. You know, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Fredheads. <laughs> and then that way, when FP eventually has to stop being sheriff because of something Hiram does, he and Keller will... Like, he'll be Keller's foreman. It does seem strange that the only jobs a dad can have in this town are construction work and public service of some kind. Mayor slash sheriff. Newspaper writer. Murderer. Okay, that a living dad can have. And murder doesn't pay the bills. Extortion does. Rum owner. Private prison entrepreneur. (laughs) Uh, yes, Clifford Blossom, the maple Car man. dealership. Yes, yes. Abusive dad. Also doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> uh, so Penelope is obviously going to uh, scam them mm-hmm. and take over control of the rum empire. The rum pyre. The rum pyre. Mm-hmm. Rum-pum-pum. The rump shaker. 
All I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom in your boom, boom, dear. That's all I'm trying to say. Zig, zig, ah. <laughs> Hip hop, hooray. Uh, Betty is going to get into Yale one way or another. And I think now that she has a face and a name for a recruiter, that's how she does it. Yeah. She already dug up some dirt on Brett. It's this uh, uh, recruiter guy's turn. She's going to blackmail her. She's going to blackmail her way into Yale. I thought she was going to write maybe a new personal essay that was exposing everything her mother's ever done. <laughs> oh, because the one about dad didn't get her the spot. <laughs> like, really? My family life is fucked up. Let me in. She should apply to UCLA. It's so much farther. <laughs> She's better off. Yeah. So Kevin and Fangs are either going to make it really big mm -hmm. in their tickle videos. Mm -hmm. Or... Something's going to go down and Fangs is going to have to stab someone and then they have to like run away together because he just murdered someone again. I hope you're right about the first part and I hope uh, it breaks out because the character we know is all about the tickle fetish. Who Charles! Do you th Charles? Yes. No. Principal Honey. Principal Honey and Charles would totally get it on. <laughs> they would. They would. They look alike. Yeah. Yes. Uncle Frank? But Uncle Frank doesn't really know Kevin. No. So that wouldn't actually work. Anyway, I don't have to come up with any predictions. I had like a home run out the park prediction last week, so I'm fine. I predicted that Kevin would have lines. I wanted more. I always want too much. <laughs> it's my problem. Anyhow, let's talk about what we know is going to happen next week in episode nice. Uh, it is called Men of Honor. It takes its name from a 2000 film, Men of Honor, where Cuba Gooding Jr. plays the, the real-life story of the first black master diver in the U.S. Navy. It, it did not perform well at the box office opening behind Little Nicky. Oh. 2000 was a fun year. Uh, the director, however, has gone on to direct and produce many successful films. His most recent is The Hate You Give, which has a Riverdale connection. Ah... K.J. Appa. K.J. Appa was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. But the uh, trailer we saw uh, is basically two things. Punching. Punching. And I'm, punching. Yeah. There, uh, the duel happens. The duel is a fist fight, apparently. In front of DuPont. In front of DuPont and the entire student body. And, and Archie is punching... And getting punched by someone. Someone is fighting Archie in the bathroom back at Riverdale High. We don't know who. Don't know who. They did not show the face clearly. Yeah. But also, special appearance by Katie Keene. Yeah, because that's happening. This is their special tie-in episode with the Katie Keene show. Uh, it airs a day, two days. Katie Keene's on Thursdays, right? So I think so. So it airs one day before the premiere of the Katie Keene series. Yes. And that's all we know. That's all we know. I mean, she's not even in the scenes that the trailer really no, focuses on. No, they just on. add a little thing with special appearance by Katie Keene. Because why would she be at this uh, uh, secret society duel or a high school men's room? Don't know. Don't know. So that she just had a little button on the end. Something else we should let you know about next week. You will not get an episode from us at the regular time about Chapter Nice Men of Honor. We're going to be delayed. We're going to be delayed by a few days. We are taking a, a well-deserved, long-wished-for vacation out of state. 
Yes. Our, our plan is uh, when we arrive back on the weekend, as soon as we have the energy and the time uh, to, to watch the episode, because we're going to be dying to know what happens with this duel, believe yeah. you me, and then record our episode as usual, just not on Wednesday night. Yep. And get it out to you as quickly as we can. Yep. And then uh, Chapter 70, we'll be right back to the regular schedule. But in the meantime, you will not be left alone on Wednesday. No. No, no, no. No, in, no. In fact, you'll be getting an episode much earlier than usual. <laughs> because we've already recorded uh, an episode, a bonus episode about our trip. Really nothing to do with Riverdale at all. It's entirely off topic. But. Yes. Uh, it, it's about our our... Our planning. Our planning and our... our planning tips and tricks. Tips and, and our perspective on making a week of Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. That's where we'll be. Yeah. Flying the Falcon. So if that's of interest to you... Then... Uh, watch if you... Or listen. If you miss our voices, listen. If you want nothing to do with that, we'll see you in two weeks. Whether you listen or not, we'll be back with you probably over the weekend and then again a week from... Yeah. A week from Wednesday normally. But in the meantime, you can share how much you love us thinking of you in the long term like this with a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also tell your friends. Tell them all. High and low. Yeah. Mostly low. Brow. Yeah. That That's where we're aiming, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like five minutes in and I was just like, they're fucking <laughs> the end. It's a great episode to have them get introduced to us, I guess. Yeah, the one where we take a break. <laughs> you can also follow us on social media at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm. That's on Twitter. Yes, it is. Just Twitter. And you'll find out what's on our mind, uh, hear our thoughts about news and stuff. And hey, maybe we'll find something on our trip that reminds us of... of uh, our, our good friends back in the town with Pep. Uh, so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Tap those scumbags like maple trees. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, boy. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me. And